0: Many ways to interact with free birth society. These include our incredible offering, the complete guide to free birth, which is the most comprehensive online course available on how to give birth in your power. We also have a beautiful free birth meditation program called the sovereign birth meditation series designed to help you release your fears and actualize your dream birth. Our latest course is called Through the Veil, a profoundly personal, radical pregnancy companion program by Yolanda Norris Clark that offers the opportunity to travel with Yolanda as she moves through the last trimester of her most recent pregnancy and invites you into her birth room to witness the birth of her eighth child. And if you're looking for a deeper connection and the opportunity for sisterhood in community with radical like-minded women, the Free Birth Society private membership is for you and you can apply on our website to become a member. We also offer personalized one-on-one transformational coaching with a focus on learning the tools to move out of victim consciousness and towards self-responsibility. Skills that translate to freedom, not only in the context of birth and mothering, but in every area of life. And finally, we are offering all of you, our amazing listeners, the free gift of Yolanda's 20-minute birth affirmations audio recording, a gorgeous, soothing meditation that every pregnant mother should have. So just head on over to our website at freebirthsociety.com, sign up, and Yolanda's affirmations will be sent directly to your inbox. This week on the show, we have Amanda, who as a single mama decided to have her V-back at home with just her friend present.
1: I met my ex-partner and we we dated for like 2 months and then we decided that we were going to have a baby, which was like really fast, but we did it on purpose, but it was like I mean, I think that the universe brought us together to make babies and then we're like, okay, we're good. But uh, yeah, so when I got pregnant with him, we moved um, like hours and hours away from where we came from, which was like where my family is. And we moved to a place where I didn't know like anybody at all. So and then where we moved to was um, there's no midwives in the area. So I was like, I want to have a home birth, but I can't. I went to the hospital right and then so I had like a really nice doctor guy he was a family doctor and he was like it, w- it was a doctor so obviously the visits were always quick and stuff but um, it was like a totally normal pregnancy and I even like said to my mom I was like because she's a nurse and she's very mainstream but I said like can't I just not go to the hospital and give birth can't I just stay home and just do it and then she was like no you can't do that so I like in my mind, I was like, Oh, like you, you can't do that. Okay. You know, I guess I won't, you know? Uh, so I like went to my regular doctor's appointment at like two days before 38 weeks. Um, and this was like hours, like we had to drive hours, like about an hour and 45 minutes to the town that I gave birth in from our house, because, um, it was a very rural, like up North Canada kind of thing. And so, uh, we drove to like the regular doctor's appointment and I guess my like Blood pressure was super high. Um, and I don't actually have the numbers. I wish I could share them with you. I don't remember what they were. But yes, yeah, so the, the doctor was like, okay, go up to get like a, um, you know, like a stress test or whatever, non-stress test. And then um, I went and everything was fine. My blood pressure was like leveling out and everything was chill. And they asked me like, oh, about all any other symptoms I could have had. And I was like, I had a headache the other day. because It was really sunny out so then they were like oh and then they went out of the room and then this doctor came in who wasn't my doctor and I'd never met him before he was just like young guy walked in and said to me he's like we've decided to induce you (laughs) so then of course I was like well okay you know like I didn't I mean obviously I should have been like why and what are my options but I didn't do that so I was like okay so they induced me yada yada we like stayed in the hospital and the induction like took pretty well, so yeah. Like um, they they after after the first in, like I guess they gave me like the survedil or whatever it was, and then after that in the morning the next morning they said that they usually would give another dose of it, but my contractions were like too much um, for like the baby. So then they were like, so the next step would be breaking your waters, but you're not close enough to that yet. So why don't you guys go for a walk and and you know, whatever, and come back later. So we went to the park, and, like, as soon as I got to the park, my contractions got super intense, and then my waters broke right there. And so, like, we went back to the hospital, and, you know, it was about a 36-hour labor of, like, crap. And it could have been, like, I don't know. I think that the, the specific, because there's lots of things that happened, and I, I want to be, like, distinct, but the, like, I think the thing that really, like, fucked it all up was this like doctor guy that I didn't know when they decided that I was ready to start pushing, even though I didn't have an urge to push at all? And then so I started pushing and then my contractions, like, they, you know, cut back to like very far apart. Um, I think obviously my body was saying, like, oh, don't, don't be pushing right now. Like, what are you doing, you crazy girl? Take a break or whatever. And the funny thing is that the doctor was like, oh, you're fully dilated, except there's a lip. So I'm just going to push it back as you, you know, push. Um, but if I had a lip of my cervix and I wasn't fully dilated. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> that was like a good anyways, that in like the whole entire labor, um, 36 hours of like crap, like horrible back labor. Um, the, the most painful thing was for sure him like, m- like manipulating my cervix. Hmm. And the only, the only birth story that I'd read during that pregnancy, because I was like, Oh, like I didn't even consider the fact that I would have a C-section. Like that wasn't even in my consciousness at all. So I didn't really prepare myself. I just read like the birth partner and I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to have a baby because that's what I'm built to do. But then um, uh, the only birth story I read was one where the woman was with the midwife and she did the same thing. She pushed the cervix flip back and then the baby was born. So to my mind, I was like, okay, I guess that's okay. Like, you know, whatever. But then... After a while um, and like three hours of pushing, my cervix had scaled up and they said like, okay, let's do C-section. So we went down and when I got the epidural for the C-section, I could hear like the baby's heart rate on the monitor and it like stopped (laughs) right as they administered the epidural. So then it became like scary and emergency and stuff. And then, you know, they cut him from me right away. They cut the umbilical cord right away and they never took him from the room, but they like had to, you know, rest resuscitate him or whatever so They, you know put him on his back and stuff like that and also I I said like I don't want you know the eye ointment obviously or anything I don't want the vitamin k shot and then afterwards like when we were in the recovery room they, the guy comes in and he's like so we gave him the vitamin k shot just to help him out and I was I was pretty uh pissed off obviously wow. but yeah so that was that experience. So we got out of the hospital as quick as we could, and um, I think so <sighs> Thursday the baby was born Thursday morning, which would have been exactly thirty eight weeks.
0: That's the that's the cascade. That's the rigmarole of of birth in the system. It's so so painful, and I'm so sorry that that happened. I'm so sorry that was your first birth experience, and that it just got like freaking sabotaged. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and when I tell people the story because they're always like, "Well, why did you have a C-section?" I just say like, my my first birth is actually pretty standard. Like, I've heard that yeah. story so many times. Exactly. And and I'm like, I'm not obviously not glad that it happened because it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. But I mean, it definitely set me on a completely different path in my life that I wouldn't have gotten on without yeah. it. And of course, I went on to have a free birth and like I've healed from that. I just like kind of look at it with like you know, bitter
0: totally <laughs> and and you did yeah and you did what so many women are doing and it's so beautiful that you took a traumatic experience and transmuted it into power and that's that's the most like epic beautiful powerful you know motherly womanly divine thing we can do is take our trauma and transmute it into power and you did exactly that so yes of course it shouldn't quote unquote have happened because it's inherently wrong and abusive. And yet that's not going to define the rest of your life. You took it and you, and you said never again. And that's so, so inspiring. And that's something that we can do with all of our trauma around the world. You know, it's not just specific Mm -hmm. to, to birth.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, I, I agree. I think it's important. Um, But Yeah. So after my, after that, like I got home probably like Friday or Saturday and then the, or like my partner at the time, he went back to work on Monday. So I had like my my C-section. Yeah. So I was in a town that I was new to with like zero friends. Like I know, I knew absolutely nobody um, except my partner. And then, so I was alone with like a C-section and a new baby. And that was kind of, and our house was not very good. So I kind of isolated myself like one room. Um, and that was, that was fine. You know, like I did it. I made it through that. Shouldn't have been like that for sure. But I didn't have any like serious postpartum stuff. You know, like I did get, like, I realized about a year afterwards that I did get kind of weird, but it wasn't anything that I like felt concerned about. Like, I just got really scared, you know? Like I would, you know, check on him all the time and stuff. Yeah, it's like normal. And and yeah, so like I think I'm lucky because I know that that's kind of like a recipe for not not a good postpartum. But um, I like I think I just like forced myself to like love this baby so much, even though like some like hormonal gaps were there and stuff. Yeah. But like we had a really hard time nursing and stuff like that. But, um, but I was really stubborn because I was like, okay, hey, well I didn't have. A, of vaginal birth, like I didn't give birth to my child that I was, like, supposed to do that. So I, like, definitely have to nurse him. So, like, even though my nipples were, like, bleeding and it was horrible, I, like, still managed to nurse him for, like, three years without, like, supplementing with anything. But that's just because, like, I'm so... Stubborn, and you know we got through the hard part, and then I mean, I
0: would replace went. I would replace stubborn with strong, as <laughs> and powerful, and committed, and maternal, and you were committed to the repair, and you did it. Mm-hmm. You know, stubborn you. has like like give yourself the credit. Like <laughs> it, it, it's stubborn. Stubborn, sure, I'm stubborn too, but like you were committed, and that is such a gift to give your that you gave your child.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's true. I should be nice to myself, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) so that was that, like, um, I'm, like, a very intellectual person, so I need to, like, understand everything, so basically, I got, like, super crazy about birth afterwards, you know, like, with my first pregnancy, I wasn't interested in birth very much at all, I was just, like, it's gonna happen, because I have a vagina, you know, and so with my, I needed to understand how I had a c-section, like, how, what happened to me, Mm -hmm. like, why couldn't I give birth, so I, um, you know, went like crazy on like birth stuff and read all the books and I actually studied to become a doula, which is the first, um, it's the first place I actually heard about free birth as like a thing, you know, like I wanted to have a free birth kind of with my first, but with, with my uh, doula training, they actually made us watch videos of different types of birth, And one of them was a free birth and it was amazing. I was like, wow, that's so wonderful, you know, for her, like good for her, but like you know, I've had a C-section, so I can't do that now or whatever. How far apart are your two kids? Um, Like two and a half years.
0: Okay. So you're getting obsessed with birth. You're trying to like heal and figure, kind of put the pieces together. And then do you consciously get pregnant again or is it kind of accidental or what happens there?
1: Yeah, it was definitely conscious. We like, I scheduled it from like the very beginning. And like, I went back and forth. I was like, Oh, maybe not at that time, or maybe not at this time. But then when it came to the time that I said, like the years later, I found like my old notebook that had the calendar that I wrote down, like every single period I would have until I wanted to get pregnant again. Cause I was like, I don't want to get pregnant too soon. You know, they say like after C sex, you have to wait. So I was like very, very like specific about when I was going to get pregnant. And yeah, we, we got pregnant on like the first try. Well, both times we got pregnant on the first try and um
0: and had you uh, already aligned with your choice to free birth when you were conceiving this kiddo or
1: so I said to my partner at the time I said um if I can't get a midwife I'm going to do it by myself um so I still like thought that the midwives were like you know like the the ideal option would be having a midwife and then afterwards like I wouldn't go to a doctor no matter what if I had to you know I'd have a free birth um, so then I, yeah, so he knew that and he was like, yeah, okay, cool. Like whatever. He's uh, smart enough not to argue with me, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I got pregnant and then I like where we live now. I live back in the town that I lived in, that I moved from with my first pregnancy to my mm. family here and stuff. And there are midwives in the town over, um, but they won't come to my community to give like to do home births because it's too far from them or whatever so I would have to go there no matter what. Um, so I was like, okay, I guess I'll get like a hotel room or whatever. Um, I didn't even have a midwife at this time. I was just trying to like, you know, figure out what I was going to do. So I like applied to be with the midwives right away. Cause got to get in cause you know, there's only a certain amount of slots. Right. And I was lucky enough, lucky enough to get in with the midwives at whatever time. Um, but before I got in with the midwives, I did like, start like I found the free birth society group on Facebook actually and like hearing the birth stories and then listening to the podcast I was like wow this is so nice you know I wish I could do that that sounds lovely and then like I didn't know if I was going to get a midwife so I did actually order like some stuff I got a couple tinctures just in case I would have a free birth you know but uh, and I was already pregnant at the time but then I did get in with the midwives so I like went to see them and I found that like, every time I went to see them, I just felt worse after leaving their practice. I had this one midwife who every single time I would see her, uh, she'd like bring up uterine rupture. And I'm like, I under, I understand but Like, <laughs> like, come on, man, like, just give me some credit here. Like, I understand you don't have to bring it up every single time. And it's like, uh, are you
0: scared? Are you scared? Are you scared? Cause I want to scare you like, fuck.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, like midwives in Canada are great. And I'm sure it's the same with like certified medwives. midwives. Yeah. Medwives. It's like, we will put you in a nice office that has fancy couches and we'll talk to you and it'll be so friendly and we're women and we're nice, but like they're the exact same thing as doctors. If you like can look past all of that bullshit.
0: So you get in with them and you notice that you feel crappy every time you see them. So then what?
1: So, I first of all was like, "Oh, should I be really worried about uterine rupture? Like, what is the statistic? Which, of course, is like a rabbit's hole because statistics mean nothing in in personalized cases. Also, there's no statistics for like they don't differentiate like was this an epidural? Was this an induction? Like, why did this uterine why did this uterus separate, you know, from the scar? So I like, but even though like the statistics are super flawed in the situation, I did enough research that I was like, okay. Essentially, I have about the same amount of risk as a first-time mom for something catastrophic to happen. Like that's like what it all boils down to. So I said that to the midwife the next time I saw her because that's one thing that I really struggle with is like speaking up, especially for like two authority figures, right? Which is why I didn't say anything to any of the doctors ever when I, with my first birth. But I said to her, I was like, well, like because she brought up uterine rupture again, and I was like, well, how much, like how many of those are like catastrophic, right? There's like the partial ones that are not, like, you know, fatal or anything, right? So then she was like, oh, Okay, yeah, and then she like stopped talking about it because she realized that I was like not taking her shit. Um, and yeah, so I <laughs> let me think, I said to my partner after leaving, like, maybe it was about two or three midwife appointments afterwards, I said, I, I don't want to do it with them, like, I'm not going to. I said that I would keep them on, like he he was worried a little bit. His main question was like, he thought that Merlin, my first son, he thought that he got stuck and that's why I couldn't give birth to him, which is obviously not what happened. So I like just, I explained things to him and then, yeah, he was like worried, but he got over it really fast when he realized that I was determined as heck. And so I kept seeing them because I was like, okay, hey, I'll keep seeing them so that, you have like the security of like, they're okay. But I didn't get, like, there was no point because I didn't get Doppler. Like I I didn't get any like ultrasounds, didn't get like any Doppler, didn't get any tests at all. I literally just like would go there and tell them that I felt fine. And then they would like ask me if they could feel my belly. And I'd say, yeah, sure. And it was nice because like I knew where my baby was all the time. So they would say like, where do you think the heart is? And I'd be like, well, it's like, it's right there. That's where you're going to hear it. So then like they were respectful in some ways, of course, but I like wasn't following for it. It was, it was nice, but I mean, we want to be around women, right? Especially women that we think know stuff. But yeah, so I had like stuff that I ordered. And then at this time I was probably around 20 weeks pregnant and I, um, moved out of our house and, and moved into with my son and my puppy and my cat, we moved into a house with my friend, um, who was later going to be moving out so that I could, like, take over her rent.
0: Meaning that um, you and your partner at the time, the father of your children, the two of you split up.
1: Yeah, yeah, we separated. So, like, I moved out, and then... Um, uh, and
0: that's a... I mean, that's a pretty big... It's a pretty big deal, that 20 weeks pregnant.
1: Y- yeah, yeah, it definitely was. I feel like, um, in our situation, at least, we we definitely um, like we have a good relationship even to this day, but I, I honestly, like, I feel like my body was like, you need to have another baby and you're not going to find another person to get you pregnant right now. So you might as well get pregnant with this guy because you already have one kid. And then as soon as I was pregnant, I like couldn't stand him anymore. Like I couldn't even pretend like our relationship was going to work. And I'm sure it was the same way for him too. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, we, obviously it was hard. It was difficult, you know, like our family was breaking up and stuff. Um, but it was like, it was necessary. Yeah. Like it's way better to be separate and like try to have a good relationship with, for your kids than like live together and be like absolutely miserable. Of course. For sure. And yeah, all relationship, all relation, uh, all relationship tape work. Um, but like, they're not willing to put in the work then yeah and there's no there's no like saving that you're just gonna be grumpy so yeah um and it's funny because like with my first pregnancy I was such like a little spoiled brat like I got massages from him every single night and he made me like all the food that I craved and everything and then for the second pregnancy even in the beginning like we were already like on our way out of mm-hmm. relationship land and like I really stepped up in that pregnancy like I didn't get a single massage well I got some I paid for some massages but like I didn't like I was like oh I'm so tired I can't do anything like I had to do everything and and it like made the pregnancy a lot easier I think it made it go by faster mm-hmm. plus, plus having a, like an older son
0: yeah keeps it keeps you by. on your toes so you move yeah. into this friend's house to have the birth there
1: yeah yeah, um, so I told my like midwives that I was going to be renting a hotel room because they didn't, they didn't know that I wasn't going to, like I kept in their practice, right? They didn't know that I was planning a free birth, but I was planning on doing it at the house. And um, um, well, actually I should talk about those dreams if you want first, because they started right when I moved into this house. I moved in um, and the first dream I had was I was giving birth Um, And I was like in a hotel room or like a motel room or something. And there was a friend with me who wasn't a midwife, but I could tell that the midwives were outside, but I locked them out and I didn't let them in. And then I just like gave birth, which I had never done before. (laughs) And it like, there's no pain, but I could feel like everything. Like I could feel the head coming out, even like the ears coming out, which like now I know it doesn't really feel like that in real life. But uh, I, I, I felt, so elated after that birth i really felt like i had experienced a vaginal birth even though i never had before which helped me feel like i could really do it even though like i still had doubts like can i really do it um but then like in my dream i felt so guilty i was like these midwives are gonna be really mad at me because i didn't let them in but whatever like i had a really good experience so fuck them essentially and that was the first dream that i had um and the friend that was there was just like a woman's presence and she was just like supporting me and she didn't touch me or move or anything. It was like, it was really lovely. And then um, the second dream I had was I ended up in a hospital for some reason and um, I was, went into labor in the hospital and I was terrified. Um, I didn't want to let anyone know that I was in labor because I thought that they would like trap me. And I kept calling my ex. To like get him to come pick me up but he wouldn't answer the phone and i was like i can't call anyone else because my mom won't pick me up from a hospital if i'm in labor she'll make me give birth there and they like locked me in the room in a room um because they noticed i was in labor and so i was like super stressed out and angry and i didn't actually give birth in that dream i was just like desperate to escape like the hospital um, and then the the other dream came later but i can tell you tell it now so it's with the other two if you want um it was like I was with my uh, my sister, who is also like very mainstream and I was in labor, but I was also someone else like watching the birth as well. And anyways, like I like started like giving birth and then my sister was started um, freaking out. And she's like, we've got to get this baby out. we got to get this baby out because the head came out. So she thought that it was like an emergency to um, get the baby out like as fast as it could. And so I was like watching this happen while also being the person giving birth and she started pulling on the baby's head to get the baby out and then the baby's head popped off like a doll's head and <laughs> which is like comical to think about but it like when i was pregnant was like absolutely the most disturbing thing to like see and experience and it was like so like disgusting and earth-shattering and i woke up the next morning being like okay that wouldn't really happen like that that's not that's impossible but on the freebirth society group someone posted a link that was like can you guys please explain to me how this even happened? And it was like the, I think it happened in 2014 or something. A woman in the UK's baby got decapitated by her midwife, right? So I was like, what are the chances that that would be my dream? And like, then the fact that it was a midwife who did it, I was like, no, I don't. I absolutely will not let the midwives at my birth. Like, even though they're probably not going to pull my baby's head off, (laughs) like, no, it's not happening. Um, so then from that moment on, and that was probably around like 30 weeks, I was like, definitely, I'm 100% sure. And even though I was sure, I was still like, am I really going to do this? Like, am I actually going to have a free birth, even though I was fully preparing myself to have one? Um, and I guess I can take you into the birth now. Is that? Yeah. Okay. The, uh, so, um, yeah, my pregnancy was really normal and I was like, had prodromal labor a little bit which I never experienced the first time because I was induced, right? right? So I was like, is this, is this going to be like something happening or blah, 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 blah. And that happened for like about a week. It was just like, every time I would go to sleep, I would wake up and they would be gone, which was like really annoying. But also I was really excited for that, you know, because I hadn't had it the first
0: time. And like totally, yeah, you hadn't had it. And to be clear, so what was your vision for your impending birth, like who was going to be there? What was that going to look like for you?
1: Right. Yeah. Um, So even though, even when I was with my partner, um, I told him like, like from the very beginning, I was like, I don't think I want you there. Mm. Um, I didn't feel like he was a very good partner to have a a birth, which I know like probably sounds not very nice. And people are like, well, no wonder they broke up. What a bitch. (laughs) But like the truth is that he just like, isn't, the best at that like he gets really scared and quiet and it's not what I need like I'm really affected by people's energies and his energies are not what I want in my birth so he was like offended but he was okay with that um and I honestly thought that I was just going to do it by myself because like I was like I think that I I want to just like be alone and Mm -hmm. give birth but I also didn't know if that's what I really would want so I asked my friend who like we were just just becoming friends but she was my only friend and we had sons that are the same age. So we got pretty close pretty fast. And I said, like, will you be at the birth? She said, yes. So um, that's what we were planning for. And I was like, I'm probably not even going to call her. And then, like, just as, like, the labor was starting, it got so intense so fast. that I was like, called her right away. I was like, come now, please. But um, And did she bring her
0: son? And did you guys have both your kids? Or were they not there?
1: Mm-hmm. No, they were not there. I didn't. Uh, when I was in labor my son came to say goodbye like my my ex came to bring him um and and I was so vocal and he had this one specific song that he liked to sing which was a dinosaur train theme song so I like he asked me to sing it so I was singing it and then a like a contraction came so I like screamed in his face like a whale <laughs> And so he like ran out of the room and he was terrified. So I'm like, okay, it's probably best if I don't have him at, like for the birth, because it's not going to be quiet. Like I'm going to go crazy.
0: So it was and truly just you and your girlfriend.
1: Yes, it was. We were all alone and it was wonderful. Um, I went into labor um, that night, like one night at like around four in the morning, I woke up and the contractions were so much that I couldn't see through them essentially. So I like got up and started cleaning the kitchen And actually my ex was staying with me at the time. He moved out of the place that we lived in before and he was going to stay with me for a little bit after the baby came until he found his own place. Um, So he like was like, Oh, like, are you okay? What's up? And I was like, yeah, just go into my room and sleep with Merlin. So he doesn't wake up and I cleaned the kitchen and stuff. And then um, they left probably around like 10 in the morning or something. I was like, or like nine because I was like getting vocal already like it was picking up pretty quick um and then so they went to the park or wherever and then at around I would say 12 o'clock um in like the afternoon or like noon um I called my friend and I was like hey it's time so she came over probably around like one or two and it was like I went I set up like a whole birthing room for myself and it was like all special and beautiful and I went in there with like my crystals and and labored and it was so intense and I listened to some like drumming music and like just let it like really take over me and it like got intense so fast Um, and that is one thing to note about my first birth is I didn't make a single noise because I was so uncomfortable in the hospital and I didn't like I was just terrified like it didn't even occur to me to make noise like I'm not a vocal person so going into this birth I was like I don't think I'm like a vocal laborer I don't think I make a lot of noise you're like then, I don't think I make a lot of <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and I live like downtown yeah it was it was good I live downtown and I could like hear people outside the room like walking down the mm. street and they, I could hear them chatting and I was like That's screaming nice. Yeah. Well, not like. Well, it was okay. I was just like, my thought was like, oh my god, what do they think is going on in here? Because I'm like, you know, moaning so loud, like my eyes are gonna fall out of my head. It's like so intense. Um, so yeah, my friend came and she, I like got in the bath, and that was nice. And she like was super sweet and lovely. She just cleaned my whole house, <laughs> which was perfect because like my I was like tidying the kitchen, but I didn't like do a very good job. Um, And and then I don't even know. Like it just got so intense. And then I realized I was sitting on the toilet and I realized that like my body was pushing and that like terrified me. And this was probably like around like four o'clock. It terrified me because like I heard your birth story. Um and I was like, this, I feel like it's way too soon because my first labor was so long and mm-hmm. I actually did have a swollen cervix. Like that did happen to me. Right. I, was like, I was like, I don't want to get crazy. And like, but I knew, like I wasn't consciously being like, it's too early to push, I'm not going to push. But I could feel that my body was holding myself back. And that is what was really exhausting because like oh my God. I was fighting my body the whole time for hours. And I realized that I had been doing that since like 10 10 in the morning when I was being really vocal to like four o'clock I was like wow like I'm not letting go at all like I'm really just like resisting this and so I was sitting on the toilet and then like I wiped and there was like the mucus plug and that was like exciting because I'd never had that before and I like tried really hard to like let go but I was paranoid that it was too soon so I like tried to feel my cervix but I couldn't feel anything um and then so like I went into my like birthing room and had one contraction and then like the contraction, one contraction after my mucus came out, then my water's broken. I was like, holy moly. Okay, cool. So then I like went around to the living room and like I thought I wanted to be in my birthing room on the floor with all these fancy blankets and stuff. But what I really needed to do was like just walk, pace around my living room. Luckily, like my friend cleaned it up for me because there was like kids' toys everywhere. But I like just walked and walked and walked and walked for like hours. And like then I would stop and try some positions and I just tried to like let my body go you know and and really like feel into it and my friend was just like quietly sitting there and then after a while of that um I said to my friend I said like oh I'm just so exhausted and then so she got me some like ginseng jellies you know those things and I had one of those and that was really nice and then I said to her I was like I want some pot and she's like, are, are you serious? I'm like I'm like, yeah, I want a joint. And and I realized like now the point that I got to and I was like, I need I need a joint right now. That was transition. I didn't realize that at the time, but she like called my partner or like my ex and he brought like a joint for me, which I didn't end up smoking, but it was just so nice to have it there. Cause like, I was like, I could have some pot if I wanted, but like by the time it got there, it was over. Like I, I was done with that and I was pushing. So I was like, I would be pushing ish, but like also like getting up and pacing around, like waddling, you know, like I could feel the head coming out, but then the, once the head like was close enough to the opening of my vagina, I like could feel it. And I was like, okay, wow. Like that, that's the head. There's definitely no cervix in the way. Right. And that's when I was really able to like really let go and just like, okay, like, hey, this is actually happening. And my mind was blown and I was like, holy shit, like I'm actually giving vaginal birth right now because oh, no. i have been like building it up for years. Yeah. And it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and oh man, it was just like very intense. Um, I, I like didn't really push. Well, like, yeah, I didn't really push. I was like, I'm not going to push this time because I was pushing last time and it sucked. I'm just going to wait for the fetal ejection reflex or whatever which was like kind of happening, but really the fetal ejection reflex for me was my body pushing without my control, right? Like I I was like, wow, I'm pushing, but I'm not really pushing. But like you are when you're having the fetal ejection reflex, which I didn't realize was going to be the case um, when I'm going into the birth. And so I was like pushing, you know, not like actively. And then the head was crowning and it was like so long, you know, going back and forth. And I was like, Gonna let it happen because, yeah, I knew like it takes time, but then I just got this to this point where I was like, I need to get this baby out right now, like, I'm not doing this anymore. So I like bared down and actively like pushed his head out with a contraction, which felt awesome, but I could also feel myself tearing when it happened. Um, that's another thing about me is I went vegan when I was 11 and I. I transitioned out of veganism recently, but I really do think that like I had not enough fats in my diet and like my skin is not like supple and stretchy at all. And I, I do blame that, although like I'm sure there are many vegans who are super stretchy, so I don't want to offend anyone. But for my circumstance and the way I was eating, I, I do attribute it to that. And I, uh, yeah, I could feel myself like tearing upwards, like towards my clitoris. I had no idea, like, what was going on with my perineum at all, but it didn't, like, I could feel myself tearing, and it was super intense, but it didn't hurt, right? Like, and I wouldn't say any of the labor hurt at all. I would say that it was just, like, intense and exhausting, like, it's hard work, but not painful in the slightest. Um, like, it was, it just, like, felt normal and right, which was completely different from the first labor, which felt, like, all wrong, like, all of it. Um like with the back labor and everything so his head came out and then my like my friend who hadn't like really said anything to me at the time she was like okay just a couple more pushes and I was like no (laughs) because I knew that like I like I would just like let his body like turn and get into position like I wasn't gonna like push his body out and just like I knew that there wasn't a rush like his head could be outside of my vagina and it wasn't a big deal I didn't need to like stress out about that. And, and, yeah, I could, like, feel him squirming, which was crazy. And his, like, all the, like, juices were coming out of his nose and his mouth, I could see. And I was squatting on my living room floor. Um, my friend had, like, brought over some towels for me. And I was, like, leaning against my futon. And, um, and yeah, his, like, shoulders, I could feel his shoulders turning and his body turned and then just um, his body slid out. And I, like, scooped up my leg and turned around so that I could, like, pick him up. And I picked him up and I, I noticed that he was a boy. My partner or like my ex was worried because Merlin, our son, was wrapped. Like his neck was wrapped around and his torso was wrapped around and his leg was wrapped around, right? From the cord. So he thought that that's why he couldn't come out of me. Um, so he was worried, like, what if the baby's wrapped up? And I'm like, if the baby's wrapped up then that's most likely awesome because it means that the cord's not going to fall out of me when my water's break, right? But he was like Lyndon. My free birth baby, he had the cord wrapped three times around his neck. So I was like, oh, okay. And I like unwrapped the cord and his body was like unresponsive. He was like, I say like grayish and, and like, but so, okay. So he was unresponsive. I unwrapped the cord. I scooped him up and I put him like on my forearm so that his like face was down and I could feel his heart beating against my chest. Or against my forearm, and I he was still attached to the placenta and everything, so I wasn't stressed out or worried. That was like the big thing too, because when Merlin came out, he was unresponsive, and I was like, "What? What would I do in that situation?" But it was just so intuitive, like just exactly what to do. I like, you know, rubbed his back, talked to him, and like moved my arm up and down, and like he, you know, after a, a couple minutes, and my friend was getting a little bit nervous, but I was like. And after a couple minutes, he like started crying and like was like crying bloody murder. He was pretty, pretty angry after that. But it was so cute, like hearing him cry for the first time because L- uh, Merlin never cried either. Right. He was so quiet and traumatized. And
0: Lyndon so was, was, was given his full placental transfusion, you know, so mm-hmm. all we need is a beating heart, you know, like we don't, yeah. we don't need a vigorous cry. As you already know, we don't even need a breath right away Hmm. you know obviously eventually you do but in the eventually (laughs) he's getting that that you know it's a literal blood transfusion
1: yeah yeah and that's like totally how I felt too like I knew it logically a little bit because of the like the free birth group and and reading people's like questions and stuff but like in the situation I was so calm like I wasn't Uh there was no like fear at all like in the entire labor the only fear I really had was like oh am I is this too soon as my cervix going to swell. And then after I got over that, there's was just like, it was so calm and like- just, You were just you know, in perfect. your,
0: yeah, you were in your instinct.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like my body just knew exactly how to move. And, and like, I mean, seeing births of women who are so afraid, like as a doula, who like literally cannot move and you have to like lift them up and like move them because they're so terrified and like just given into the, the fear and the pain. And then comparing that to like someone who's birthing completely in their power, it's like, I don't know why anyone would be afraid of free birth because it seems like the most like beautiful thing ever to me. Yeah. And then I um, I was just so happy. I was shocked that he was a boy. I didn't really know what his gender would be, but in one of my dreams, he was a boy. And even though I really wanted a girl, I was like, it's probably a boy. So then it was and I, you know, was like, OK, cool. and he eventually started nursing. And with my first, the nursing was absolute hell. And I honestly thought, I'm like, okay, they tell you that it's not supposed to hurt, but it hurts. You just got to get through it, right? Like they're lying when they say that it's not supposed to hurt. And so I expected that with Lyndon. Like I was so afraid to nurse because I knew how much it sucked, but of course I was going to do it anyways, but there was no pain at all. It was just perfect. Like he just lashed, and there hasn't been, he bit me like a little bit recently because he has teeth now and that hurt but like
0: yeah of course yeah (laughs) there's no getting around that (laughs) (laughs) definitely
1: yeah so that was amazing just like to be given just like the gift of like an easy well
0: easy everything really pain-free birth pain-free nursing you know what a rewriting of your of your story
1: yeah and I like I I push the baby through my vagina <laughs> yeah, which did, i think girl. is
0: pretty epic. <laughs> <laughs> and you could have, right? You could have with your first had you not yeah. been sabotaged. Like, you know, it wasn't like you couldn't do it. You you were trying to birth under war and your body and your baby were actually acting in its highest intelligence to not release in a unsafe environment.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's Definitely. like
0: the framing. I really I hope more Uh, more women can, can kind of take on of, it's actually very intelligent to not release your baby. It's very protective. It was the mama bear in you going, fuck, no, this Mm -hmm. is not a safe, you know, you're the zebra and you're in a pride of lions. Like you're not going to release your baby. And and different with second time moms, it's harder to, stop the freight train, you know, it's harder to stop the cascade. Like it's kind of weird to say, but you can do more to a second time mom intervention wise. And, and they're still likely to have that vaginal birth. Um, but with the first, you know, it's, it's really easy to scare it off basically. Um, and, and, and it's your body's wisdom that scared it off that, that that's not your body's wisdom that scared it off. It's your body's wisdom that, responded to the environment you were in to go, nope, not safe. Um, you know, and and obviously your primal brain doesn't totally understand that the alternative is a C section, unfortunately, because you backed into a corner. Um, but so yeah, it's such a beautiful reclamation of your of Mm. your body to, to like know that you could do it.
1: Absolutely. And like that's one thing too that I hope, I mean, I find with this whole like C section culture we don't want to shame mamas who's had who've had c-sections of course like it it sucks and it's not your fault but if you're going from a c-section being like they saved my baby because my body didn't do what it was supposed to do you're just setting yourself up for failure it's just I never I never believed that like I never believed that I couldn't do it I was like well this this and this this fucked it up but like my body was made to do it and then of course going from that. And then, without the fear of like the C section scar and stuff like that, I was like, well, I could have done it, but now do they fuck me up? You know, mm-hmm. like, can I do it now or is it right?" like my, my, um, am I ruined? Yeah, exactly. And that, like, yeah, it's terrifying to think that way. But luckily, I <laughs> didn't let myself fall down that rabbit hole. Well, they did dad it and, anyway.
0: Like, you had the yeah. thoughts, which are so understandable, but you did it anyway. And you, you, you wrote your own story you know and you trusted yourself which is weirdly like considered radical and dangerous by culture like you stupid yeah. woman how dare you be in your instinct and trust yourself and then boom look what happened you had a normal yeah birth. <laughs>
1: and you know what i had a normal birth but i'm lucky i had a normal birth you know there's still going to be those people that are like wow it could have gone so bad you're just lucky yeah. no i'm not lucky it's it makes perfect sense. You're just, you're a mammal. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, so that's that it's, it's fun. I don't know. It's a hard thing, you know, being in the free birth world, like I, especially as a doula, I'm not even practicing as a doula anymore. And I don't think that I can, because I think that it just helps the system like hurt women. Like I'm helping women get through an abusive system. Exactly. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. And and as like, I don't even want to have a place in anyone's birth. I just want to help women feel so secure in their ability to birth that they don't even need anyone. Like, of course, having people around, but they don't need someone to check in with.
0: Yeah. Totally. Like, is this
1: okay? Is this okay? No, like you should know that it's
0: fine. But yeah, so. Beautiful. that. <laughs> wow. I love it. Badass, yeah. you know, and it's like a, a cool kind of turning of the wheel, you know, to be pregnant and listen to this podcast and then come on the podcast and share the story. And and that's what we're doing. That's what we're creating here. You know, is, yeah. is women, we've been doing this now long enough that women were pregnant and heard this and then free birth and now can come on. It's just so beautiful. So I'm so yeah, glad it's
1: amazing. finally
0: get Honestly, you on. And
1: your podcast like was, So wonderful when I was pregnant. Like I just would listen to it all the time and like hear these birth stories and just be like, you know, bathed in like this like Mm -hmm. glowing, lovely light of like these amazing, powerful women, like doing awesome things. And I just like was like, can I really be one of these women? And I did it because everyone, (laughs) anyone can.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right, girlfriend. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to share this with everybody.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for doing all this awesome work
0: that's it for today everyone join us next week for another episode of the free birth podcast thanks for joining us and remember your body your choice lots of love